we are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is Joey Galvez, and I'm here with Albert Morales, and we are here with... The House of Indie. We are talking to Fabrice Sapolsky today, co-creator of uh, Spider-Man Noir, editor-in-chief of Humanoids, and the new, the new badass Kickstarter kicking in the pants for a second time, the second time around, <laughs> one-hit wonder creator, Fabrice Sapolsky. Wow. That's that, that's bold. <laughs> <laughs> I never had such a presentation. Yeah, well, you know, now you got to live up to it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's really impressive. <laughs> uh, just just one thing though, um, I am not the editor in chief at Humanoids. I, I am senior editor, which is ah. <laughs> which oh, is so we're gonna have to change that. But uh. that's all right. All right. Well, no, I have no aspiration to be in chief of anything here. I'm very <laughs> glad with what I have. That'll work. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, no, no, no. I'm 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 editor in chief of my own things, and that's great. So, uh, <laughs> I have my business on the side where I'm chiefing whatever you want. <laughs> chiefing like, for my day That's job, gonna be I'm, that's I'm gonna be my be a My wife's gonna come in today. She's like, "What'd you do today?" I'm I was chiefing the dishes later on, and that's what I did today. <laughs> exactly on the side. Exactly on the side. On the side. You on the side. have to chief the dishes on the side. Yes, yeah. Hey, so let's talk about uh, some of your books that you've done. You had a creator-owned character uh, called uh, a book called Intertwined that I've always been curious yes. about. Talk to me about that book, or talk yes, to us my, about that my, book. Sorry, yeah. my pride and joy. Yes, so, your baby. It started as it started also as a Kickstarter uh, four years ago. Can you believe that? It's it's really a long time now. So four years ago, Fred Samschwong and I launched that uh, book as a Kickstarter, and um, I guess it was a it was not a blessing in disguise at all. <laughs> um, it was it was a blessing at first. Uh, but then it turned into something of a, of a big, big, big challenge. Uh, so we, um, we asked for $9,000 and we got 13, wow, nice. which was pretty great. Yeah. And then yeah. we, we started to, it was my first Kickstarter. So like I didn't have any, there was no precedent. So for me, it was like, wow, I have $13,000. And then I started realizing, uh oh, but like there are taxes and then Kickstarter fee. And then, <laughs> oh, by the way, some credit cards are not processing well. So uh -oh. we ended up having like less than 12000 So oh, it was man. 11 wow. something that we had. A, a, so yeah, people don't think about it. You get, oh, yeah, you did great. You had $13,000. Uh, uh, not really. <laughs> um, and, then the, and, it, and then like the, uh, the, the, the problem started to pop up. So, uh, the first piece of good news, 48 later, 48 hours later, uh, we had a contract in place with Dynamite Comics to release the book, uh, uh, internationally. Wow. And, uh, and, and at first we thought that, wow, yeah, great. Like, not only we're funded, but we already have a, a publishing deal in place for, for, uh, for, with Dynamite. And, uh, and then we realized that, I mean, the, uh, it was really something. <laughs> it was a constant, constant fight. Not with them. I mean, there were some great people at Dynamite. Um, but it was, uh, the whole system, the whole system of like putting a book out, uh, financing it. Uh, and, and mind you, like when I, and I'd like everybody to keep that in mind. When you fund a comic on Kickstarter for whatever the price is, 
it's usually not the real price of a comic. Yeah. Right. And people don't know. I've been trying to educate people on, on how much a comic is worth. And, um, and most people have no idea. Like when you, you are, I, I went to, um, I don't know if you know that school, SCAD. It's the Savannah, uh, Creative Arts and Design School. Mm-hmm. It's in Georgia, as the name says. Um, and, uh, I've been invited twice as an editor to their editor's day, uh, section, uh, wow. as part of my, uh, work at Humanoids. And, and the first question that I asked them is like, um, how much do you think creating a comic book costs? Like a standard 20 pages, 20, 20 pages, uh, issue. And they were like, oh, I don't know, 2000, um, 3000, like 5000. And it was like, no, no. It's eight to twelve thousand per issue. Wow, that's wow. a lot, a lot. Yeah. And and so getting back to intertwined, when you have twelve thousand or eleven point eight thousand, um, uh, you uh, you're like, okay, so I have basically uh, enough to to cover issue one and part of issue two, but then I have a six issue series. So what do I do? Yeah, and then things started to go south because I was counting on the sales from the the publishing deal from the the, the monthly issues uh, from Dynamite to kind of cover the the end of the series, but this money never happened. I mean, we finally got a check three years later, and it was not enough. <laughs> it was like in the hundreds. Uh, territory so it was like not not at all and like and it was really painful because we, we did those six issues in real time like we were producing 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 and, and very hard and even like if you look at the the sixth issue of intertwine that came out um in um i think it was uh march 2017 um he, uh, the the publisher rushed us and it was not really the one that the ending that we wanted. We didn't really have the, the time. Plus, Fred and myself both were going through a lot of issues in our personal lives. So it was, it was kind of hard to wrap this one up. And so it was a bittersweet experience. And then we said, okay, we're going to give everything for the trade. So we decided to revisit the story, add more pages, get a decent ending that we wanted. And, and we, we got it. I mean, the, the book is, is exactly the way we want it. Um, the problem is that at that time, um, when we finished, we had to do the whole thing and we couldn't just send half the material to the backers. So we finally sent a very, very late the material to the backers in 2017. Um, so about a year later, uh, but they got a, a 200 and, uh, uh, 90, no, 192 pages book, sorry, um, for the price of initially what they would have would have been like a 100-page book. So we spent more, we lost more. It was a complete disaster. Um, wow. and, and, at, and at that point, uh, Dynamite hadn't given us a single dollar. So it was it was really bittersweet, and and to add like a lot of infamy to all this, uh, there was somebody that I, I, I won't I won't say who it is, a dynamite who is no longer with them, um, that forgot uh, to send the book to the printer on time. Oh, so we delivered man. the book, uh, and then the book ended up being a, a month and a half late. And what happens when oh. you go to to Diamond and and you're a month and a half late? 
the um, the retailers can lower their orders. Right. That's oh, what they did. Yeah. And it, 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 it hurt the book ultimately. And so what I saw the situation, it was kind of one of my two or three wake-up calls that I had about the industry in the past three years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I started working on like, I, I took the road and I said, okay, if nobody's going to defend my chances as a creator, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to pull the shit out of it right. everywhere yeah. I go. And I did, I did, I did, um, 27 conventions in 2017. Wow. I did, uh, in 2018, I, I went down to nine because I really co- relocated to California and it became like a little bit of a ch- more of a challenge because there are more conventions mm-hmm. on the East Coast where I was before. Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, but 2019, I had 15 cons. 2020, I will have 15 also, if not 18. So I'm literally on the road all the time at conventions to meet new people to convince because like that's the beauty of our industry. Yeah. There's no expiration date for a book. So if you present a book for somebody and, and to somebody and, and they say, oh, what is this book? It looks cool. They don't care when it was published. I thought yeah. it was good. Right. No, I still so, go back to the dollar bins so, and find a bunch of books that have been printed ages ago yeah, and, yeah. You know, and, and stuff like that. Exactly. I look so. at the Bible. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> it's uh, in every hotel. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, so I'm still pushing intertwined a lot, and and I'm telling people like, especially since uh, last year I I founded my own small publishing company on the side. Um, there will be a second volume of intertwined down the road. I'm just waiting for two things: one, to have enough money uh, to start uh, planning and and paying uh, myself, Veronica, the color artist, and and of course Fred, the artist. Sure. And and also. To uh, to get my my publishing rights back fully from Dynamite, because we signed a five year deal and the publishing rights revert back to me early 2021. So it oh, will be at that time that we start considering. Yes, thank you very much. So Intertwine is absolutely not dead. It's on hiatus right now, and I keep selling the book at, at my table. Uh, it's still available everywhere you can order books because there are still awesome. stocks at Diamond. So whoever wants to discover it, you, you type intertwined and my name for the Sapolsky on, on Amazon and you can still order it. So it's, I mean, I'd rather everyone to buy it from me. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're going to buy wouldn't? it from yeah. somebody, yeah. you can still buy it on. No problem. Yeah. So where, where can we find that uh, yes. if we were to buy it from you? So on my website, which is either my full name.com or fairsquarecomics.com um, you, you have a, a tab where um, all my uh, tour dates are announced so I'm very easy to find and I'm also telling to everyone that that listens to this podcast um, that uh, people can reach me on the phone, they can call me uh, I leave wow, my phone number to can. everybody it, yeah. It, yeah, they can it's 323-405-9401 and people can text me, and I will answer them. So wow. they can buy stuff from me. They can buy directly. They can buy directly by texting me. I mean, I, I'm, I've been using this system for a few weeks. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's great because it creates it creates a relationship with with the audience. And like, believe me, like this is not spam. This is a, a, a creator talking <laughs> to his 
sense. We're both yeah. like chomping at the bits just to jump on that whole thing. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy because nobody, nobody in their right mind would think that, hey, I'm going to put my phone number out there and you can contact me directly and we'll talk about this stuff. Yeah. Th- that's like those old things. We're yeah. calling to Marvel, well, we're calling to this. Or yeah. yeah. We're calling to the radio station and talk well, to somebody. As as far as I'm concerned, uh, I mean, uh, uh, some people, I borrowed that from the music industry, but I, as far as I'm concerned in comics, I'm the only one who does that. Yeah, no, I've yeah. never seen anybody so, else do it. As um, I, I saw you post it up like, uh, what exactly. was it, two, three weeks ago? And I saw it. It was not, a month ago, about a month ago. Yeah, yeah, a month ago. So I saw you post yeah. it up. I saw the number there and I was like, yeah. I, I just looked at the <laughs> screen and I was like, <laughs> knowing that I know you and I looked at the screen, I was like, did he just do that? I know. I, I, think, I was like, wow. I think yeah. it's. I think it's on 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 Twitter too. I saw that that it's your name's like, on. It's on your his phone. Instagram. It's like literally it, right there. I think every every social media exactly. source, but, your phone number's there. And yeah. I noticed. I was like, it, is this real or is this fake? Yeah, it's a, it's a real phone number. It's my phone number. It's my professional phone number. Uh, uh, and people can reach me. And I and I and Albert, you know, yep. you text me. I answer. Yep. So, yep. I answer. It's me. It's the real me. There's no spam. There's no robot. There's no AI behind it. This is the real <laughs> me. And and I think it creates not just uh, a relationship between the the creator and the audience, but it also creates value. Yeah. Because yeah. you can say, oh, I know this creator. I talked to him, mm-hmm. or, or he answered me, and he's he's a cool dude. He's like, um, in in uh, in. I mean, it's just it's not just like staging or anything. Like because pe- you can't you can't really act. When you're at so many cons, if people like you, they like you. If they don't like you, they don't like you. Right. But yeah. like most people, like have a good experience when they go to my table, and I welcome them with open arms just to talk about things. I mean, you're yeah. not forced to buy anything from me, but if you if you are willing to support what I'm doing and what my friends are doing, then then good. We we have an understanding that we're both very useful to that world. Yeah. And I, you know, I commend you, sir, because man, that is pretty bold and amazing <laughs> at the same time, because that's, you're, you're entirely right. You know, it creates this bond that between creator and, and, uh, somebody who purchases your, your, your work. And, and that's, yeah. that's something that nobody else is doing right now. I'm going to tell you guys, um, this is something that I learned while I, I was failing with my uh, Kickstarter campaign back in September, October, mm-hmm. when I launched the, the first time around, when I launched the One Hit Wonder One campaign, Hit Wonder, yeah. um, it was all about the product. Mm-hmm. It was all about me hiding behind yeah. a faceless, faceless comic, um, hiding be, be behind another creator, hiding behind a label that nobody knew about Fair Square Comics, which is my, my own company. Yeah. And when I relaunched it, I understood that it's no different to run a Kickstarter than it is to, than it is to, um, to be at a convention. It's a relationship. Mm-hmm. You're building yeah. a relationship. You're flirting with the audience. And so, um, it's, it's, I made it all when I relaunched it, uh, 10 days ago. It was all about me. It was all, okay. Now we're going to make it personal. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to yeah. show you that it's it's a real creator talking to real people about a real comic book, something that in my gut I think you should read. Right. Yeah. And um and it makes a whole difference. Like Definitely. the first campaign, I failed after 32 days. The the second campaign, I was funded after three. Yeah, I've so got a question on that. So not to interrupt you, but I I. I... I know this is your second time around with with One Hit Wonder. When you people are always yeah. constantly telling me, "Hey, you should kickstart that or do this kickstarter." 
I've always been hesitant about Kickstarter. There, ha- there are some great aspects about it, but I've always been hesitant about it. And one of the things that, uh, you know, when you get a kick to the ego a little bit, it, it kind of, it, that shit hurts. <laughs> but, uh, um, what was your thoughts when that, you know, didn't do so well? I don't want to say failed. Uh, when, when they, when that didn't do so hot the no, first time fail. around. I failed. <laughs> I, let me tell you this. One, I failed and I'm not ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Two, America loves a good comeback kid. They do. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this is I'm 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 Rocky Balboa right now. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I just won the championship. That's awesome. I had the, the eye of the tiger back. And, <laughs> there you uh, go. And and I'm very happy about it. And I managed not to have my friend slaughtered by a Russian guy. So, <laughs> um, so a, a good a good good food for thought. Like we we talked about it and. On the House of Indie, we're really focusing on independent creators and how they approach the yeah. industry and whatnot. Obviously, you've come up with this awesome, awesome game plan of putting out your number uh, and getting intimate with fans yeah. and supporters. Um, yeah. Now, you talked about this, uh, that you tried to take uh, – well, you took Intertwine to Dynamite. And that didn't work out to yeah. the best. But what, yeah. somehow, over the last uh, – actually, the last month when we talked, we were talking about – how you kind of went into business for yourself um, with yes. your new company. And you've talked about it. Uh, you, you've touched on yes. it here and there during this conversation. Tell us your yes. thoughts on that company um, that you come up with and, and, and what was your mindset when coming up with it? So I think it all goes back to my experience as a Marvel creator because you went – I. How do I put it? Um, having my first ever professional comic book published by Marvel Comics was a blessing and a curse at the same time. It was a okay. blessing because, hey, it's fantastic. Okay. It's mm-hmm. great. I got to cr- create and create my own characters in, in a Marvel comic, uh, environment. Yeah. And, and Spider-Man, so no less. Come it, on. It's, and, and exactly, and Spider-Man, like one of the Spider-Man, one of Spider-Man's most famous now uh, iterations. So it's yeah. it, it's really it's it's a blessing. But at the same time, when you start so high, what do you do after? You're you, you're uh-huh. like you're falling down. Right. It's free fall. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and because you understand, and it took me a few years to understand that that Marvel, DC, and even to a certain extent, uh, uh-huh. Image and Dark Horse and Boom. They, um, they're more interested in brands than they are interested in creators. And, uh, we could have that, this debate forever, but like if you take Marvel and DC, Marvel and DC represent 80% of the market. Okay. Mm. That's a lot. Yeah. 81% exactly last December. Uh, 81% of the market. These two companies are not in the business of putting out creators out there. They're in the business in perpetuating brands. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of readers, a lot of comic stores tend to forget that. So when you're a creator, and I don't know if you remember interviews from the 1990s, but I have uh, I have a good memory for something, and for comics I do. Uh, marketing people at Marvel were saying like, we could put anyone on the X-Men, it will sell. Yeah. Fortunately, after the bankruptcy, it has changed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I was going to say, I disagree with that, but okay. But, <laughs> But after after Disney acquired Marvel, things reverted back to a place where we have to defend our brands. We have to make our yeah. brands as big as possible. 
And we don't mean the creator overshadowing our brand. The creators are servicing the brand. And it's like, okay, I can get, I, I can, I can accept that, but it cannot be the only model. Yeah. And independent creators should have a voice. We should be respected for what we are contributing to this industry and to what we do. And we should have our, 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 our comics and our ideas and our content highlighted better than it is right now. Because right now, 80% of the market is Marvel, but 200% of, of the marketing power, firepower, communication is around Marvel and DC. So, and if you look at the number of YouTube channels, and the number of, of, of podcasts around comics, you will see that 98% of them are around Marvel and DC. So, yeah. what the hell? Yeah, yeah, what no, the hell I totally is agree. You people? Yeah, no, I totally agree. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about that. And say, Marvel, DC, they're not creating new creators. They're not creating yeah. new voices. Everything yeah. is very editorially controlled. And again, this is not a criticism. This is just the reality. And it's their total right, total right, I'll be extremely blunt. It's their right to function that way. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not criticizing them in any way. It's just that we should have another model next to this one. And we should have another model that could be as powerful as the one that they offer. Now, you will probably object to, well, yeah, what about Image Comics? Well, okay, let's talk about Image for a second. Image is a company that has been created by seven individuals for seven individuals. And the fact that they started welcoming other creators is something that happened a little bit later mm-hmm. and was a consequence of how the market shifted. Right. Because then you get more new faces, more, more stuff. And, and, um, and, and again, very few people say that, but like when, uh, Image is not a cooperative, it's a private company. It has six partners now. These six partners, when the company makes profit, gets profit from the company, which is normal, again. But Image will do what is good for Image. And Image is a home to creators to a certain extent. To a certain extent, right. I've yeah. been at Image. I've been at Image, I understand. This is what is the most favorable deal you can find here. One of the most favorable deals for creators. And it's completely customizable. I have to give props to Eric Stevenson because he's very open-minded when it comes to the deal. But at the same time, I'm saying that, that again, bluntly, image comics is not for everybody. Sure. Yeah. Totally get that. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now that so, you've got. So again. Go ahead. With all those, this knowledge and the fact that my day job is also as a small publisher called Humanoids, that is also an international publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, my thought was, who is going to defend my shit? Who's going <laughs> to root for me? Who's yeah. going to root for me? Who's going to be there when I no longer have the strength to care myself? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Because I moved to the United States when I was 44 years old, and I, I'm going to be I'm going to turn 50 this year, so it's going to be five years. I have no 401k. I have no mm. plan. I'm living okay, but I'm not rich, and I don't have any possessions of my own. So my only, my biggest asset. Is myself. Yeah. So I created that company so that I would I could create wealth that will help me uh, in building the future. 
Yeah. yeah. No, totally yeah. get that. Like I've I've been talking to, uh, to to Joey here, and I've been talking to other people explaining the show or talking to him about the show and getting really hyped about doing it. And one of the things that I was kind of mentioning to some people was that, you know, if you look at it, an independent artist or creator, independent creator, I should say, is is a hustler. And I mean that in the best sense of the word. They, yep. An independent yeah. creator is going to hustle and Absolutely. really try and push their product as far as they can. And if you shine it up real nice and you put a nice coat of paint on it, all it really is, an independent creator is an entrepreneur. Yeah. And an entrepreneur yeah. is their, their own business. And they have their the right to really kind of push themselves and and really elevate themselves to where nobody else is going to do it for them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree with you on that. So, talk to us about one hit wonder because we got to we got no more. So one one hit wonder. Um, the campaign still runs for another ten days, um, and I hope we can go as far as we can with that one because this this is the this is the foundation of my empire. And I'm not saying that in a arrogant way. I'm saying that as in this is the, the next step to independence. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, One Hit Wonder is the story of a failure, not just mine. The, the character is a failure. That's the irony of the thing. Is that okay. One Hit Wonder? Everybody knows what One Hit One Hit Wonder is. Sure. Somebody yeah. who yeah. succeeds one day and and stops succeeding every other day. Um, so, um, it's the story of this child actor who grows up an angry guy who can't like really be the actor he wants to be. And he turns to the dark side. He becomes a hitman for the mafia. And, <laughs> oh, and, wow. and, but he's, but he's, he's not a good hitman. He's not a good actor, <laughs> but he thinks he's wonderful at both. Okay. He's in denial of reality and there's no, it's, it, it's like, it's like the, uh, the inspector Harry. Uh, meet Donald Trump, you know, you get it. <laughs> so you have somebody who has a who has an ego, uh-huh. uh, and um, and who who thinks that his truth is the truth. And um, not that I'm putting any political message in that. Sure, not no. far from me, and especially since the, book, <laughs> the book was created between the book was created between 2012 and 2015. So. It was, it was, we were very far from that. But I think <laughs> if you read it now, you see a lot of peril with what's out there. Right, um, yeah. So, and I designed it as a crime comedy book. I designed it as a um, as something that is bigger than life. I mean, it's totally different from Intertwined, which is more kung fu noir with a lot of meaning. There's, there's a uh, there's an immigrant um, factor in there, which 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 changes the life of the hero and the perspective of the hero. And, and it's different from Spider-Man Noir, which is more social and political, oh. um, with superpowers. There, we have something that is supposedly grounded to reality, but totally twisted by this guy who's going in every direction. He's crazy. Wow. And, um, and it's funny to have a crazy character as the main character, because at first you, you realize like, oh, this guy is a jerk. This guy is, is a buffoon. <laughs> but, and by the end, you kind of like him. You kind of want to root for him. You kind of want to give him a hug because you understand, and I'm not going to say what because there's a big twist in the middle of the story. You you understand that he's the product of something else. And okay. um and when when you when you look at the whole story of One Hit Wonder, you realize that okay, it's goofy. Okay, sometimes there's a lot of incoherence, but it's on purpose. And sometimes the dialogue is cheesy. Yes, it's on purpose. It's on purpose 
not because I don't know how to write dialogue. I do. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's because the ca- the character himself thinks sees himself as a as a big uh, actor, as as a wonderful talent, and he has no talent in nothing. Wow, that's awesome. So, I, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so thank you very much. Yeah, I, 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 you sold. You sold me on this one. <laughs> I'm already ready. Uh, well, already... now you know what to do. Yeah. You go on the Kickstarter and you pledge. Exactly. Yeah, that's, <laughs> once so, and yeah, then, that's what I'm saying. Go to the Kickstarter. I think I, I'm gonna. I'm so gonna find a way me, to. Let, ha- me a, a, let me throw a few bonuses in there. Okay. Uh, one, it's gone. It, uh, the, the first two issues initially was published as issues, as I mentioned. Uh, the first two issues were, uh, penciled, um, by Ariel Oliveri, who's like this oh, wow. big, yeah. big, big artist. Uh, and wow. Ariel did the, the a new cover for, for the, the Kickstarter. So it's a brand new cover that had never been published before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the three remaining issues were with two other artists, Stephen Thompson and Ivan Fiorelli, because unfortunately, two issues in, Ariel had to, I mean, it was actually, it was halfway through issue three. And he had uh, done all the pencils and all, and he had, he was into personal issues, and he had to read the book because, again, having a creator on is a sacrifice. You wow. don't get money up front. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get anything. So for a writer, and at the time I was presenting myself as a writer, I, I think we can like touch upon what I'm doing now uh, after. But like at first, I was I was presenting myself as a writer and so of course the writer can have another activity because you can you can still work on your script after hours or before hours or whatever yep but but an artist is 100 percent focused on their on the job yep. yeah so they can't do anything else so for him when you create your own was a sacrifice and i couldn't afford paying ariel what he needed to stay on the book mm-hmm. which is okay. very understandable yeah. right so uh so he had to leave but we kept a very healthy relationship. And I mean, the proof is that when I asked him to come back for an encore and do another cover, he said, yeah, sure. Anytime. And he did it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not ruling out working with Ariel again in the future. If I have the money. For that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, he, he's a really talented artist yes. and a really nice guy. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that worked That's out. That's awesome. So where, where can we, uh, where yeah. can we go and pledge? Oh, you go to Kickstarter uh, and you type in the search bar. You, you type one hit wonder, take two, and uh, you will get there. Um, all the links are also in my social media, mm-hmm. on my Facebook page, everywhere I'm present. You will find a link to get to get there. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it, I have it. Um, yeah, uh, you, you can have that. And I also have to mention that because we haven't talked about it, but. All the comics that I published up to now were as a writer, but I'm also drawing. And right now, as we speak, I'm working on a new book that will be released next year because it takes me way more time than <laughs> writing and drawing. Any 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 hints to the title at all? Yes, any clues. The title is "Over My Dead Body." Nice, right. done, sir. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good title. And yeah, yeah. O M D D. Over My Dead Body. And uh, it's the story of a cop who teams up with his dead wife to solve her murder. Oh, okay. wow. Wow. See, I so, like that. Yeah. So is that going to be... They were, they were freshly divorced. They were freshly divorced, and, and they were not on speaking terms. So it makes a little... It's spicier. spicier. Is she wow. freshly dead? Yeah. 
There you go. Wow. So everything's fresh. That's yeah. awesome. Including awesome. the story. So yeah. you need to watch out for it for next year. Yeah. Thank so you. so is that going to be released yeah. uh, creator-owned, or is it going to be released somewhere else? Uh, I don't know yet. I will... It will probably it, it will probably be through Fair Square and and Kickstarter. Um, I'm, I'm I mean I'm still pitching stuff to other companies, but uh, I think it's great to have the choice yeah. to know which stories are more personal and I want to keep it for myself, and some stories are more like you know commercial or viable and I can share it with another publisher. And I don't mind sharing the rights with another publisher. I know I know the drill, but it's just that it's not for everything. So, I, I will give I will give the uh, the um, the choice to the the partners I'll, I'll be with. Uh, I'm shopping around right now. Two other projects. One is a high concept uh, uh, story. It's like The Walking Dead, except the enemy is time itself. Um, oh, okay. So it's a survival uh, adventure. It's a twelve issues right now series. It, it could be ongoing. Um, and I'm doing that with a, uh, Californian artist called Joe Suter, who's very good. Um, and I'm pushing another, another YA young adult title called the Columbus Circle, which is a detective noir teenage story, uh, set in the 1940s, uh, with a, a young Puerto Rican artist called, uh, Yasmin Flores. So yeah, there, there's a lot on my plate. Awesome. So I, I had a question. I, I, I know you, you co-created, uh, Spider-Man Noir, right? So how did, did you, how did you feel seeing him on the big screen? Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> I never had this question. It, it's, um, it's, it felt like looking at, uh, it felt like looking at, a at a, uh, at a brother from another universe. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the character, it's the character that I created, but it's a toned down version. Because it's a family-friendly movie, yeah, and and it's great, and I love it, and loved it. Um, I mean, uh, I shed a tear at the end of Spider Verse, um, but but it they made it their own. Like, yeah, again, that's that's some, something that people have to understand. Mm-hmm. This the the character belongs to Marvel. Yeah, I created it with David Hine, and uh, and now it's theirs. So they can change it to their liking. And that's what they did. Fortunately, it's it's great, um, but it could have been terrible. So, I guess I'm I'm just happy that I was part of that history, and that uh, people will remember that uh, I was one of the Spider Verse creators. Um, but apart from that, um, and even though again, I'll, same thing, if Marvel wants me back, they know where to find me. Yeah. Right now. They're working on other plans with the character, and that's their right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but I'm glad I'm glad I, I'm still promoting it. Um, it I mean, Spider-Man Noir is my banner. Spider-Man shows Spider-Man Noir is on my uh, on my cover of my sketchbook that I just released. So Spider-Man Noir is everywhere, and yeah. there will always be Spider-Man Noir. I was happy, always happy to see people cosplaying as Spider-Man Noir sh- showing up at, sh- at, at at my table, and we can take a picture. I'm, I'll always be grateful for that. But that said, my life is not Spider-Man One. My life is yeah. everything else. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I like the fact that you have the like you were talking about, and you, you touched on is that you have options. You know, you don't yeah. have to. You if you don't want to keep it for yourself and keep it under your company, you can also take it to. You have the option of sharing that with another company if you want to. Um, yeah. You know, 
touching base with what you just talked about with where they the company made it their own, the character their own. Alan Moore has the same problem. He hates everything that goes to <laughs> to goes to video or goes to movie or whatever. <laughs> You know, because it's not how he yeah. saw it. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard. It's hard when, yeah. when you when you have your 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 idea of this little baby that you created, and then somebody takes it and and does something different with it. It's hard, but but well, the, the the difference, the difference, and and it's really important. The difference between Watchmen and Spider Man Noir is that Spider Man Noir is already a derivative. It's already a, a version of a character that already existed. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, you can argue that Watchmen was a version of the Charlton characters back in the day, but they were, he made, he made them his own. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, the, um, the fact that Alan, Alan Moore is, is uh, reluctant to, to, uh, to really, uh, embrace everything else that's been done after him. Is also not just his personality, it's also the way the deal was structured there. I mean, mm-hmm. I understand that I was not in the room, but I understand that there, there, there was a handshake deal on some stuff, and I mean, things didn't. Yeah, it's not the old West. Handshakes don't really go that far anymore. <laughs> you know, if, if you're in Texas, maybe, but not, mean, not here. Not, not in Hollywood. How many creators have worked on, on handshake deals? Right. Yeah, you would be surprised. Yeah. Um, so to this day. So oh, I'm sure. Uh, um, so the the thing of it is, uh, um, you know, the keeping the options open though to keep it to yourself. Yes. I like that. Uh, when it comes to talking about getting your your independent book into stores, I know how you how yeah. you presented yourself to some of the fans by posting up your number. Do you have any plans for putting your book on shelves uh, and, and getting in touch with retailers? Are you going through Diamond or are you reaching out to them individually or More how are personal. you planning on doing that? Okay, so never say never, but my priority is not to use a distributor uh, like Diamond because Diamond has a specific set of rules. Uh, Diamond also requires a certain like amount of copies um, shifted every month or or every time you so you not everyone can make it to Diamond as a publisher. Right. No. Some are like canceled. So, some are, so some are not accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not ready to go that route right now, and I think my operations are fairly small, and I want to keep them small for as long as I can. Guerrilla style. Um, I, I like also it. know. Yeah. Well, exactly. Guerrilla style. And, and, oh, there's also something else. Like, the money in this economy, it's not amazing. Mm-hmm. So cutting middlemen and, 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 and middle companies is always a good idea, uh, if you want to keep most of uh, what you make from a comic. And there's already a lot of costs, like going to shows and transportation and shipping and like, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so keeping most of the money for yourself is a good idea. First, if you want to save, as I said, it's also for my future, but also if you want to reinvest that in future projects. So money doesn't create itself. You have to work for it. So sure. it's, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll be trying to avoid uh, the regular uh, channels right now. I mean, if there's a demand, again, um, I'll probably unveil at one point uh, some kind of deal for for stores. Mm-hmm. If they want to order directly right. uh, to me, um, and, and I will probably like, especially here in California, I see because we have a lot of stores. 
So if, if some stores want to carry the book, I can deliver it myself. Sure. I can organize like sessions where we have signings, signings or and stuff. Yeah. I can draw for them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and, and I'm always ready to go wherever, uh, people invite me to. I mean, I was just invited to a convention in Spain. You know, wow. I didn't expect that. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, and I will literally go everywhere in the world on the planet except in North Korea. Um, <laughs> uh, Come on. Where, uh, those nice rules. Where, <laughs> I know, but I, I don't think they sell my books there yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, you, or, or very bootleg. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> joke, right? yeah. Show up in your books right already there. Somebody's already signed it for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's bootleg. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I mean, I remember I, I had – not, don't laugh. Five years ago, when I was in China, and a guy showed me on his tablet um, a version of Spider-Man Noir that was like a scantrad. You know what a scantrad is? No. It, it was like um, a scantrad. Is, is it was it's a version of your book that is roughly translated by a fan. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their own language. Uh, and uh, and uh, and he was in in Mandarin. So it was like I was looking at my book, a pirate version of my book, roughly <laughs> translated in Mandarin, and the guy was like, "Oh, you know what? I'm a fan. I just got this." And I and I said, "Well, do you pay for it?" No. Okay. Well. <laughs> like, look where, wow. you're at, look where you're at. Come on now. That's yeah. interesting. So you so, mentioned you mentioned that you 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 go to any shows. Is there any shows uh, that you're going to be uh, that we can see you at anytime soon? So my next show is February 21st to 23rd. I will be in Hawaii at the Honolulu Amazing Convention. Awesome. My first time there. I'm very excited to go to Hawaii. Uh, then a week later, change of pace, change of scenery. I'll be in Chicago for C2E2. Okay. Nice. I'll it will see be you from there. Uh, February 28th. Yes, February 28th to March 1st. And then two weeks later, I'll be... At Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle from March 12th to 15th. So th- these are the next three. But again, if you go to fairsquarecomics.com slash tour, um, you will, you will get all the dates and I have other conventions lined up. I'll be back in, uh, I'll be in Ontario. I have a couple of dates, um, awesome. in California and then I'll be in Las Vegas. I'll be, I mean, I'm trying to plan ahead and there are a, a bunch of other cons that I want to do. But like, again, I, I, my, my, uh, finances, uh-huh. uh, my wallet is not extensible. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, uh, I need to wait until I have enough money to book table and, 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 and plane tickets and, and stuff. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, we're, I think we're going on here pretty long. So we, we definitely appreciate you coming on and talking to us about, uh, your work. Thank and everything. you for having me. You're welcome. Welcome. Uh, yes. is there, uh, and is there, go pledge. Yeah. Yes. I was just going to say, is there anything else that you'd like to, to, uh, talk about more, maybe some more plugs? Yes. I want to say something. Fight brand culture and support independent creators. Go to shows, go to talk to us. Go to your local store and don't just pick Batman or Spider-Man. You can pick them as much as you want, but give a chance to new series. Give a chance to creators. Not just me, everybody. Awesome. Awesome. Really appreciate that, man. Thanks for coming on. I'll see you at C2E2. My pleasure. 
Thank you. Hey, thanks again for hanging out with us here on The House of Indy. I'm Joey Galvez and Albert Morales. And we appreciate Fabrice coming on and talking with us. We'll see you guys later. Hey.